Hello, podcast friends. It's time for the church to stand up and be who we have been called to be. Welcome to We Are the Church with Sherry Jones. We're going to discuss today's issues from a Christ perspective and how we should respond as the church. Not the church where we sing and praise, but the church within each and every one of us. So grab your tea, your water, your soda, whatever your favorite drink is. Sit back, relax, and join the conversation. I guarantee you will be blessed. The church is where those in bondage come to be set free. But how do we respond to those who were incarcerated? Are we helping them or hindering them? Today's guest helps us answer these questions and more. Shawana Irina Vaughn is a native of Bakersfield, California, and the founder and director of Silent Cry Incorporated. Silent Cry Incorporated is the product of the tears she shed while overcoming the pain and hardships of incarceration, losing a brother to gang initiation, and surviving cancer. She has turned the tragedy into healing. Through her healing process, Shawana found her voice and now amplifies it for the justice of people, communities, and shattered hearts. Shawana has worked with Columbia Business School in simulations and with reform and criminal justice issues. She is a member of the Confined Arts Project and Peace and Justice Studies. She began her studies at Columbia University in May 2019. Education over adversity is a model she believes in and advocates for young people. Shawana's greatest accomplishment is being a mother to two beautiful children. Her motto is, triumphantly I march through the battles with optimistic lenses because I am Shawana Irina Vaughn and I will continue the fight to answer silent cries. We are in for a dynamic, thought-provoking, and engaging conversation about the church and prison reform. We're about to get started after a word from our sponsor. Podcast friends, we are in for a treat today. I am so excited to chat with our guest, Shawana Vaughn of Silent Cry Incorporated. And we are talking about the church and prison reform. I met um, Shawana two days ago as a part of a webinar with a panel of phenomenal community influencers. And I was just so impressed by her platform, the work and her spirit. And so I wanted to have her on We Are The Church with Sherry Jones. And we're going to have a candid and real conversation about the church and prison reform. So thank you so much, Shawana, for being here today. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Sherry, for being a community influencer and being a woman of the word and sharing your platform and giving voice to to issues that matter. Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. I'm just honored to have you here today. Um, And so we're going to go ahead and hop into it because we know that prison reform is a hot button issue. We know that it's something that all of the political candidates were talking about, but you have firsthand 
knowledge and experience with it. And, and that's what we really want to get to today. So if we could start out, if you could just let our listeners know a little bit about your testimony, how you went from someone that was incarcerated to founding an organization that now serves incarcerated and newly released individuals. Absolutely. Um, so for me, you guys, my testimony begins April the 15th, 1978. I was born incarcerated. And um, 17 years later, I became incarcerated and we went from prison to advocacy. And I'm very clear that there is hope after this in all things. And so I, in my testimony, am not defeated by my trials and tribulations. And I understand that sometimes you got to go in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Mm hmm. And you don't, sometimes you got to go through to get a testimony. Mm. And I realized I wasn't picked out to be picked on because we got three point something millions of Americans incarcerated. And mm. so um, I went from prison to advocacy, not an easy journey, not an easy road, um, but where much is old, much is required. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, I love what you're saying about, you know, you are not picked out to be picked on because there's so many people that have that um, shared experience of incarceration. And of course, going in the fire, going um, through that journey, um, just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I think we all have a journey to take. We all have our fire and our furnace experience. Yours just happened to be incarceration. Absolutely. And it, um, it doesn't make anybody any better, any less than or anything because we all have our um, valley experiences, I will say. Absolutely. And, and, um, and I think it's a blessing that you were able to take your experience and now become an advocate um, for those that are in prison. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So tapping into that, um, you know, we are we are the church, you know, so we're going to talk about the church and, yes. and what we do. And um, a lot of churches uh, have prison ministries and they really have a heart for working with those that are in prison. Um, but what I would like for you to tap in from your experience, can you tell us how can we better serve those that are incarcerated and truly make prison ministry effective? Um, we're going in, we're sharing the word, we're preaching, we're doing what we think is the right thing to do. But how can we really impact those that are in prison? I think that going into ministry is important. Um, going inside is definitely vital. Um, there was a, a church uh, in, in, in Valley State Prison for Women where I was housed in Chowchilla, California. Um, and all people come from all faiths on different days and, 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 and worship. And everybody needs something to believe in, to hold on to. And I don't judge anybody on that thing that they need because everybody needs something. Right. And a lot of people find religion in prison. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that is their come to moment for a lot of people. And um, I believe that church ministries are good. I'm, I would never say they're not. But what I will say is churches go into prisons to do ministry. But when you come out and go to the church, you're not seeing that. Mm. Mm. You're not seeing 
the ministry in the church. You're not seeing the ministry in the workings of the people in the body. And so you have maybe the 12 people that are in the ministry who are treating you because they are clear that they know what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as a body of believers, mm -hmm. uh, we're not receiving people in the manner that we should in the church house. And it is, you know, like I was speaking to you, the Bible can't be the best fable, but we're not doing any of the things that it says because it says for the least of these. Mm -hmm. It says for the widows and the orphans. It says for, I mean, we, we talk about Saul to Paul, but we really don't want to deal with the man who did the conversion for real. You better say that. See, we, we only want to talk about Saul to Paul. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about he murdered the Christians. But when you find the man that really did the murders, do you really want to forgive him? No, mm -hmm. you don't. You want to put him on a cross like Jesus and stretch him. You want to put crowns and thorns on him. Mm -hmm. You don't want to forgive. You don't want to heal. You don't want to hear it either. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it says 70 times seven. It says all the things. And, 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 and you clap on cue when the things are being said and, and amen, and you run around and you're comfortable in a building, but do you really have it in your heart? Mm. Because mm. when the murderer shows up, how do you do, how do you act? When the prostitute shows up, what do you do? When mm. the drug addict comes in high, what is your reaction? Wow. Because it doesn't matter what you do when people are in a controlled environment and how you treat them. It mm. matters when they walk in the door from the pulpit to the pew. Mm. That's when it really counts. Mm -hmm. So if you've got the people and they're home and they're coming, how are you going to treat them when they come in the door? And Sherry, I, you know, it would be remiss of me to say that the church is not in the building. That's right. That's right. I, I need the church people to come out of their circumference and their comfort zone and your mm -hmm. parking spots and your ATM machines and your nice suits. And I'm going to need you to put on your tennis shoes, your jeans and your shirt. And I'm going to need you to go stand on the corner where you know the drug dealer is at. I'm going to need you to go stand on the corner where you know the prostitute is selling her body. Go stand on the corner where the people are getting shot and minister. Mm. My it God. said, will you dance in the court like David danced outside? Mm -hmm. I don't want you in the church when it's hot with the air on and in the winter and the heat. No. Jesus was in the desert in the wilderness. Why you got to be comfortable? Mm. The ministry is outside mm -hmm. and we're conflicted with the building. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. if COVID has not taught you that you can fellowship Outside, I don't know what COVID is teaching. Mm -hmm. You all on the internet, but you ain't in the building. Mm -hmm. So it says, I am the church. So won't you gather on the corner and create ministry so you can really change the narrative so you could actually stop recidivism. Mm -hmm. You could actually be the bridge. The church can be the vessel to stop mass incarceration. But it has to stand up and do its part. We talk about the kids. We talk about the bad. The, well, whose grandkids are these kids? Well, who are the mothers of these kids? 
because somebody's grandma on the deacon, the deaconess board is these kids, bad kids' grandma. Where did we go wrong? Because the church used to be the epicenter of black people's everything, not some things, everything. It was the church. It was the hospital. It was the courtroom. It was, the church was everything. And I think that we got to go back to go forward. We led the civil rights movement through church. Now we only move in profit over people in church. Mm. And we got to go back to people. Mm -hmm. We got to go back to humanity and the least of these. Church used to be open seven days a week. Now we walk by and every church is locked, but every liquor store is open. Mm. In the pandemic, the liquor store was a necessity, but the church was closed. Wow. I'm just saying. If we want to know where the problems are and take accountability as a people, I need the church to be accountable too. Because see, faith without works is dead and prayer don't fix everything. Work. Faith yep. without works. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what you prayed for. I want to know what you did. Mm -hmm. Because see, some people are incarcerated because they're hungry. Some people are incarcerated because they have nowhere to live. Some people are incarcerated simply because they have mental illness and there's no resources. Wow. And we got to take ownership and accountability in our communities and in the church and as a people. Yes. The church yes. was the Underground Railroad. Hmm. And we got to go back to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, girl, you, you just go you back. said so much. You yes, you you just preached to us, girl. That was that was a sermon, child. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, but you, I mean, so much truth and so much wisdom in what you're saying. And um, that's exactly what we talk about here. You know, we are the church. The church is not the building. Um, the church is who we are as individuals, and you just um hit on so many points about how we receive people and how we're able to for, for, um, forgive. We can't just talk the talk, but we need to walk the walk as the church. And so that, that was so good. Thank you so much for everything. Our listeners, I received what she said in that. If she stepped on your toes, just say, ouch, and keep on going. Okay. Cause she's, I know mm -hmm. she just stepped on some toes. Just say ouch and keep on going and just do better. Because as you said, we can't just stay in our comfortable building in our four walls. That is the whole point. We are the church and we have to reach out and we have to do better. Um, and so speaking of that, um, talking about, you know, um, how people are received when they come into the church. Um, what are some of the stereotypes that you feel that um, the church and Christians have about people that are incarcerated cool. that hinders them from making That's that cool. connection and how can we dispel those stereotypes? I'm formerly W76337. But when I go to church, I want to be Shawana. But sometimes you remember my yesterday, even when God said he, he, he wiped my sins away. And you're still reminding me of and that's not Christianly. 
that's not forgiveness in its totality. And if God is a healer and a restorer of all things, then the body of believers should practice the thing that the Bible says. And I think sometimes we miss the mark. We have to believe in restoration. And, you know, there's stereotypes and stigmas of being formerly incarcerated. And they're put on us by the entire world. You fill out a job application. You try to get an apartment. And when you try to go to church, that's too much. So you church has to be the one place that's safe. It has to be the refuge. It has to be the place you can go for peace and not be the, the ex-con, the felon, the formerly incarcerated. You just have to be you. And it has to be okay. And if everybody remembers that they too were somebody else before they got saved mm -hmm. and you just didn't go to prison, then right. I think it would be a better receiving and a better expectation and it would be a better moment for people because people coming home are broken. Mm -hmm. And they go to church because they're expecting something. And it's not from people, but people are there. Right. And you got to know that they're, they're just like you. Mm -hmm. They're working on themselves. And you can either make or break their church experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That, is, that is so true and, and such a great reminder for us. Like you, I love when you said we all were somebody before we got saved. Absolutely. We might not have went to prison, but we probably did some stuff that we could have went to prison for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We just didn't get caught. So that's the difference between us and somebody that's been incarcerated. They got caught and we just didn't. Um, yeah. 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 But and I love when you said that we can make and break someone's church experience. And that is so true. I think. We as um, Christians, we have to take accountability and we have to, um, for our actions and how we respond to people um, so that we can make sure that we are the hospital that people need. That's what the church is, is the hospital where people are supposed to come to get healed, to get the peace that they need, to get the deliverance that they need. But if people are in there that are blocking that, then we're defeating the purpose of what the church is all about. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so, Shawana, I, I want to, of course, we're talking about prison reform. So can you explain to our listeners why prison reform is so important? And then also tell us about the legislation that um, you're working on. I know you're working on a lot of phenomenal things, um, um, trying to make change in, in with prison. Yes. Prison reform is vital. It is it is it is. It is right now. It is urgent. It is a 911 alarm. Everybody is at stake. It is a lot at stake if we do not. Uh, reform is a good word, but I want to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. This is totally wrong. From the bottom up, from the top down, prison is not rehabilitative. It is the most vile dangerous, mentally unstable place on the planet Earth. Mm. And I don't care about the vilest human. 
prison in the manner it is is not fit even for them mm. because it's not going to help them be better. It's going to teach them to be worse. Wow. Why wouldn't you want somebody mentally well? People commit atrocities because they're not mentally well. And so the legislation I'm working on is called post-traumatic prison disorder. Shawana W76337. It is a mass incarceration mental health bill. My intention was for it to reduce recidivism, to get people in a mentally whole place or as a whole as a fractured person can be to live a quality functional life. Mm. And I'm telling you because I'm fractured and broken, living my best quality of life. So I know that it is possible and I know thousands of people that it is possible. And so I'm pushing legislation in Michigan and in California and in New York. I'm going for California next that we are going to pass mass incarceration and mental health bills. And we are going to reduce recidivism and we are going to create wholeness in their totalities in our communities. And we're going to decrease what the prison population looks like. And we're going to change the way jail and prison and, and this punitive system looks like from the inside out. And that is gonna take the church, that is gonna take black communities, that is gonna take everybody as one body, black, white, Jewish, green, orange, and purple, because everybody is affected by mass incarceration in this country. Mm. And we have to push legislation. We have to ask for better treatment. We have to ask. We have more humane treatment at the SPCA for animals mm. than we do for incarcerated humans wow that is unacceptable yeah yes and so i i am urging people to stand with me in legislation now mm -hmm. can you share just a little, little bit of maybe one or two of the specifics that the legislation is asking for as far as change? yes so i am asking that uh correctional officers receive uh mandatory mental health therapy from the week they start their job until the day they retire because they actually commit harm and they actually are one of the highest numbers of uh, the domestic violence people who abuse their wives mm -hmm. because they're listen they're in trauma too mm -hmm. you can't go to gladiator environment every day and not be affected by trauma it's impossible and i'm also asking that we give therapy holistic therapy before we give medication and I'm asking that 60 days within incarceration that a person is given vendored therapy that word vendored is very important and that we have trauma-informed therapists that are vendored and that we do alternatives uh, art therapy um, talk therapy, play therapy, that, that we do journaling, that we really capture that one size doesn't fit all for mental health. And we've got to meet people where they are mm -hmm. because we got to take them home in the best mental space that we can. And you know what? Right now, until we can get everybody free, we've got to treat everybody's mental health until they're free mm -hmm. or they leave this world. Those are the key things that are in my legislation that I'm really asking for. Yes, yes, that's that's so good and so powerful. My um, 
sister-in-law was a correction officer. She loved it, um, you know, until she um, passed, unfortunately. But um, that that's really good, um, you know, that mandatory mental health, because I can imagine the stress, you know, that go through. And, and then, of course, uh, um, I love your holistic approach to therapy for um, the prisoners and that they, like you said, within 60 days. So when they get there, they need immediate um, help. Hey mental health therapy and they need um and, and you you were saying vendor therapy. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on exactly vendor therapy? Because the therapists that are in prison are not trauma informed. They're textbook, they're usually Caucasian. And that's not not to say that white people are not incarcerated. Mm-hmm. But they're not the majority. Right. And the trauma that we we're traumatized five times before we ever get to prison. And mm. so we're talking to people who are dealing with us in a textbook manner. Mm, okay. You can't even understand me because you don't come from my environment and my social economic standards. So you don't even understand my trauma. So you can't diagnose me or treat me. You just label me and medicate me. Mm. That's not therapy. Right. That's leading me to drug addiction and mental illness. You actually are creating my problem because you don't understand me. And you're catalysting people, one, because they're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. That's that's not therapy. Right. right. That's so good. That's so good. That's, that's some awesome, awesome work. And so um, you've kind of already tapped into my next question about the most pressing issue for incarcerated individuals, as you said, is mental health. And, and your legislation that you're pushing is definitely going to help with that. So how can we help? How can our listeners help you with this legislation and and push it? I need grassroots volunteers all over this country. Um, I need tweets. I need videos. Um, Please email me at um, Shawana, S-H-A-W-A-N-N-A, at silent, S-I-L-E-N-T, cry, C-R-Y, I-N-C, dot org. Or go to silentcryinc.org. And please sign up to volunteer um, if you're formerly incarcerated. Um, I definitely need your support. I need videos created that support this legislation. Um, We always take donations. This work takes money. Um, But you know what? I know that that money is time and talent, and, and those are vital to passing legislation. Because the more the legislators hear it, the more that it sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true that's so true so listeners you hear the the clarion call um for us we've talked about being the church not just walking not just talking the talk but walking the walk and shawana is doing some excellent work and she's asking for us to step up and be the church and assist um so i hope um that you all are listening and that you will connect with her um, so Shawana, um, you know, you've already mentioned your website, but can you um, give us some, you've given us so much already, but give us some closing remarks, some closing tidbits of what you really want to leave with us. And then also let us know about your social media and other ways that people. Oh, can- yes. So you can find me on Facebook at Shawana uh, Irina Vaughn. You can find me at Silent Cry um, Inc. as well. Instagram on Silent Cry, Twitter on Silent Cry. And um, my last words would be 
faith without works is dead and we have a lot of work to do um, as believers, as people who are on spiritual journey. We have work to do and the work is not in a building. And I just want us to get to our father's business because we're much as old, much as required. And remember that nobody is who they started out as and everybody can be better. And there is redemption for all after this. Yes. So powerful. So powerful. I told you all that you were in for a treat today. I told you all that you were going to learn something important today. The church and prison reform. Such an important important issue, such a vital issue. Please make sure that you connect with our guest, Shawana Vaughn, on her website. She's giving you her social media, volunteer, and do what you can um, to help her in this fight. So thank you all for listening, and we'll chat with you next week. Thank you so much your presence and your listening ear for today's episode of We Are the Church with Sherry Jones. I hope that it was a blessing to you. Please make sure that you check out our show notes for more information about today's guests and how to connect with them and also how to follow We Are the Church with Sherry Jones on social media. I would love to hear your feedback on today's episode. Also, any suggestions that you have for topics or guests. Send me an email at wearethechurchpodcast at gmail.com. You all take care, be blessed, be safe, and remember the church is not a building. We are the church.